Welcome. Welcome all you St. Louis City fans to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I am your host, Mike Turner, and joining me is a man who fears that fir- our first St. Louis City match will feel anticlimactic. It's producer Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? Um, s- slandered. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever voiced this opinion. <laughs> uh, poetic license, you know. <laughs> and also joining us from somewhere in his studio cave in the wilds of West St. Louis County is a man eagerly awaiting the moment Arsenal goes all spursy and fails to win the English Premier League this season. It's Sean Campbell. How are you doing today, Sean? Well, I was doing great, but now I have never felt so so happy yet so insulted by the same comment in 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 ever. It, oh my goodness. God I am so conflicted. Mike, why do you do this to me? <laughs> it's my job. And uh, also joining us from St. Louis is a man facing harsh sanctions from the English Podcasting League for numerous financial infractions. It's Chris Zimmerman. How's life treating you, Chris? Uh, it's going good. Uh, turns out my printer was not as convincing as I thought it was, so I'm in a little bit of trouble, uh, but everything's <laughs> going to be fine. <laughs> Chris, you know money's made on not actually paper, but it's cloth, right? <laughs> Listen, if I was that detail-oriented, I would have been a lawyer, all right? Anyway, That's funded on several charges of wire fraud. <laughs> I, I did it... Through Bluetooth, how is it wire fraud? <laughs> Come on. It's wireless <laughs> fraud. <laughs> He's trying to wire fraud by downloading a high resolution PNG of a dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Legal Tinder? I could do that. 300 by 200 <laughs> will do it, right? You know, yeah. I hear yeah. it's legal if you get it on LimeWire. But uh, uh, the big US Less than the US Mint, it's Lars Ulrich. So I'm staying off of LimeWire. i i was always a napster kid myself anyway uh we're all excited because it's just we're recording this on sunday afternoon and it is just two yes two weeks away from the start of st louis city's mission to be the biggest club in the world or at least to begin playing MLS. <laughs> One of the two. What are, what are we doing today, Lutz? The same yeah. thing we do every day. Take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're currently recording this while the uh, city preseason match against Vancouver is going on. So we we'll probably won't be covering that during today's podcast. Sorry about that. You can catch me on Twitter. Anyway, the big uh, exciting news... Well, there was a lot this week regarding St. Louis City SC. Uh, 1-1, long-awaited is the club did announce that the away kit will be launched this Friday. We'll finally get to see what they'll look like when we watch it on uh, MLS Season Pass. Any thoughts? You know, throughout this whole process, I've been waiting for the moment that that finally feels real. And I think this is going to be it because there is nothing that says we're an MLS team more then what's probably going to be a very underwhelming first away kit. Blandness. Yeah. Blandness it's going to it's going to look extremely similar if not the exact same to those city 2 kits. I guarantee it. God, I hope not. I hope it's better than that. They're going with the steel gray for the start, but if if it, if the home kits are anything to go off of, I'm fully expecting a little bit of flair, but I'm fully expecting the main color to be the arch steel gray. Yeah. I am prepared uh, to be whelmed. 
(laughs) (laughs) Fully, utterly whelmed. Roundly. Speaking about uh, perhaps being overwhelmed, and hopefully it doesn't turn out just to be whelmed, is the club unveiled its Our City Sustainability Initiative this week. Uh, They stated the stadium will be a zero-waste facility. All waste generated will either be reduced, reused, recycled, or composted. Even uneaten food will have compost bins so that can be handled in an eco-friendly fashion. Uh, The focus will be on eliminating single-use plastics in the stadium. Drinks will be basically served in reusable aluminum cups. That's uh, one example. Uh, All partners that they have in the stadium be recruited based upon their commitment to environmental responsibility. Worth noting, Pepsi is a partner. Pepsi will be serving their drinks in those aluminum cups. Pepsi is the fifth largest plastic polluter on the planet, according to someone. Who said that? Um, Well, I mean, the BBC did, but I'm the one who found that article. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, anything we can do to bully a big corporation into being at least a slight bit about a bit more, you know, environmentally friendly, the better, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, there Look, was a podcasting line. usually is not praxis unless I can convince everyone who listens to the show to go and cyber bully Pepsi. <laughs> I don't know if they have any shame because there's a line in the press release saying beverage partner PepsiCo also embraced city's vision to reduce plastic waste. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah. Yeah. The same that like city that the city SC, you know, beverage props, beverage sponsor Coca-Cola also pledges to not in, uh, employ death squads. Sure. Um, <laughs> if you really want to change the world, do what I do and drink Schnucks brand cola because that comes in a can. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I do like the idea of like not ha- like, you know, no single use plastics, all that. That's all fine. I I still I don't like this this focus on like you know personal responsibility when it comes to uh, you know this stuff. But also, if they use pl- uh, paper straws in the stadium, it's going to drive the worst people on God's earth insane, <laughs> and that's going to be good. The good news is most of those people are not soccer fans, but uh, you know we all here really embrace this sort of initiative. But there's a long history in corporate America about stating these kind of things lip service we'll be watching yeah. for the follow-through we'll be watching closely I all about optics do baby. have the interest at heart let's just see how it plays out we do hope that it is something firm and fast in the culture of the club uh another thing that's going on is just a little note our main podcast next week will be our last main podcast before the first game you guys getting juiced about this Season finale, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Soccer Capital season one coming to a close next week. Season two out two weeks from now. 1.0 will be done. The 2.0 is coming in. Yeah, the old world dies. After a year and a half and and, uh, 80 some odd episodes. (laughs) And you know what comes with this new season? A new upgraded logo. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) We're efforting. We're efforting on that. Uh, Also with 2.0. We may have some other news on that shortly, but uh, we'll let you know as soon as, well, we find out for sure. There's internal discussions happening. That's Ooh, right. teasers. Yeah, a little teaser. Kind of exciting. Kind of 
you know, not a big deal to all of you listeners, most of you. <laughs> anyway, but uh, there will be. If happy. I have to keep one more secret, I'm just spilling everything. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim, where Anything you Jimmy say about that TIFO. Is, how many people were involved in the Kennedy assassination? That that cylindrical object shot down over Canada actually was from another planet. You know, he, he's got them all. Mm. He's a no, bastion, uh, the, bastion <laughs> of uh, the, uh, in, the, the cylindrical object. Secret. That's real. Kennedy's head just did that. <laughs> back and to the left. Anyway, talking about back and to the left, uh, City took a shot uh, earlier <laughs> against the LA Galaxy <laughs> in the first quarter. I just flew Valley into the Coachella Valley and boy, is the back of my head tired. <laughs> uh, it must have been played somewhere near the book depository, but they lost uh, four to one in that match. Uh, John Nelson and Thomas Ostrak uh, linked up to feed Jared Stroud for City's lone goal in the 13th minute of the match. And that was the highlight. Uh, the Galaxy scored three goals in the second half, uh, albeit against a rather experimental lineup. Uh, there were some players that were kind of out of position, didn't seem to be very strong defensively. Plus, you had uh, uh, in- Yabulo Bloom and John Bell making their first match appearances of the preseason. That came in the second half. Uh Coach uh, Bradley Carnell did note that over the whole preseason, the team does have a positive uh, expected goals, XG. You got something to say, Mason? No, Chris does. (laughs) Okay, Chris, you got something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first off, noting that, um, hey, over the collective preseason, we have positive expected goals is um, the sort of thing a coach would say after losing four to one. But, you know, you mentioned that some players are out of position. They may have been out of position, but... I kind of looked at the lineup and tried to fit it into a formation, and it looks like the first, the second half of this game, we may have come out in a three-five-two, because um, there were only three fullbacks that started. But then when Blum was substituted out the seventy-third minute, he was substituted for O'Malley, who normally does play in the back. So we may have tried the three-five-two, led in two goals, and decided that's eh, enough of that. And shifted more to a more traditional lineup for us. Because the first half, we came out in what looked like maybe a 4-2-3-1. It's hard to tell because there's no videos available or anything like that. There's just basically look at the lineup, look where players tend to play, try to piece it together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the 3-5-2, given that a lot of those goals came from them being whooped on the defensive end... Uh, Maybe that should be shelved for a little while to get a little more work in on that, to be honest. That should be used in a uh, uh, a pull-the-goalie kind of situation to make a hockey reference. Because what would this show be without a hockey reference, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's an extreme, hey, we're down two goals. We need to put more attacking players on the field. Let's just go for the full-on push. You know, last, last minutes, you know, last 15 minutes of the match, try to get one back at least and, and tie it or something. Um, I don't think that's something we should ever start with, at least not not from this game. But then again, it's preseason, and as we all know, preseason means nothing in every sport, right? It's literally just games that mean nothing. Although on the note of being a bit more experimental, in an article in the Post-Dispatch, Tom Timmerman said that this game today against Vancouver Whitecaps is in sort of more the business end of the preseason. So 
take a look at what sort of lineups we put out for it today. We aren't going to trade out the whole team at half like we have been doing. So the lineup today might look a lot more like what the starting lineup on opening day is than what we've been putting out before. And, uh, you know, in real time, uh, the lineup that started the match today was uh, mostly what I would expect, but not totally. Uh, Berkey and goal, of course, Nowinski and uh, Nelson were your fullbacks. We got uh, Parker with Hebert next to him in the back line. Uh, you had sort of a double pivot thing going on with Bloom and Leuven. Uh, Alm, Ostrak, and Stroud as your midfielders up front, and uh, Klaus, top of the line. Stroud's a little surprising. The Bell's coming back from sports hernia injury, uh, surgery, so he's not fully fit. Hebert gets a run out. The kind of uh, surprising, to, at least amongst some fans that were really looking at this, Pedro wasn't in the lineup, and we got John Nelson. Mm -hmm. I do know that uh, a lot of outside observers were very high on John Nelson prior to the expansion draft, and... Uh, I've heard some other folks say that, that it's probably not going to surprise them that watched him a bit last year and were interested uh, in what he was doing. It's probably not a big surprise to them that he might be in line to start that first match. Of course, this is still preseason and they're getting ready to go, but this lineup could be telling much more influential than any of the other previous games that we've seen. I mean, the eyebrow raiser for me is Hebert, but I think that is kind of how Recently, Miguel Perez has been a placeholder for Blum. Hebert might be being a bit of a placeholder for John Bell right now, because while he did play the second half of the game against the Galaxy, he, along with Blum, was substituted out in the 73rd minute. So that's probably part of his recovery, limited minutes. Just hoping he's feeling up to it by the time the start of the season rolls around. That's a very Speaking good point. Speaking of subs, I do have an update from the Twitter uh, 58th minute, it looks like Blom was actually subbed out and they subbed in Vasilev. That goes hmm. with something that we've been hearing about is that they're looking at playing Vasilev instead of a forward position on the wing, actually bringing him in as more of a deep lying or a central midfielder with this team. So it's, it's you know, looking at this, it's good to know. They said that uh, a lot of the players would get about 60 minutes. Bloom you know, just got into town, probably has some fitness issues. It's good to see him be able to play up to 58 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, update yeah, that we have. Yeah, because he was in kind of, a, kind of a holding pattern, waiting to get into St. Louis, but not playing at Kaiser Chiefs. So, yeah. 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 He was midseason form there, but then it's been a good couple of weeks that he was just kind of holding. Yeah, and 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 as we've all as we've all seen, I'm sure, and you listeners have also seen, if you put if you put a soccer player on hold, even though they may be training every day, if they're not getting actual games for more than a, a week or two, it can start to really take a toll on on their match fitness and the you know the mindset and the decision making can be not quite there yet, and it takes some time of not a full match to get back up to speed. Yeah, I will admit that I underestimated how long this process was going to take. I still think he'll be good to go by the start of the season, but I thought he would be ready to go by the start of Coachella, and I was wrong about that. Yeah, uh, he, he can train, he can run, he can bicycle, but, but running through the match and playing many minutes, that's a different level, and you've really got to get on the pitch in these kind of games. It's a good thing that he has a preseason, uh, because uh, 
to get uh, a few games under his belt before he starts. A lot of times with transfers in MLS, and a reminder that the uh, incoming transfer window in MLS doesn't close until April 24th. And you'll see a lot of teams bring people in, perhaps they've been sitting on the bench, haven't got a lot of game time, or perhaps got out of contract in the uh, winter window over in Europe, coming in without being match fit, and the season's already going. So it's a good thing he's at least he's got a few games to try to get under his belt. And plus, a lot of players aren't fully match fit for the first three, four games of a season anyway. Any other Just thoughts? Just the way it goes on uh, what's been happening in preseason th- so far. I it's mean, just exciting. Those are enjoy- enjoying the weather in California. <laughs> it's it's just exciting to see actual first team games, even though they're not co- quote unquote official matches just yet, but still exciting to see that the, the team is on the pitch. And I, I just wish yeah. it was the fourth. So we have a home game already. Cause I want to be there already. Like, yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? Is that like preseason doesn't matter. Unless you've been waiting for this team for three years. And then preseason very matters. (laughs) Yeah, it does. For results and analysis, you know, the rational side of being a fan of the sport, it means a little but not a great deal. For the emotional side of being a fan, oh, oh, this is great. This is great. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Um, Also, speaking about being great and excited, uh, Mason and I were present yesterday on Saturday at uh, Schlafly Tap Room, as the St. Luligans had their annual general meeting with a lot of information, what's going to go on on game day, especially around the St. Luligans mostly, but that also incorporates many of the supporters groups as well, who are going to be sharing space, kind of under the umbrella, getting their own kickoff to their first season. The Luligans have been doing this for years, so that makes sense. And the Luligans have been very good about bringing people in under the umbrella, you know, sort of a incubator for other supporter groups which is nice um some of the information that we gleaned from the meeting and the presentation is uh uh information on what's going to happen for the pre-match extravaganza uh the word tailgating is uh no longer really you know in order as uh, they think that leads to thinking about having your own barbecues and and other nefarious things that happen. At yeah, Hale it is also in fact illegal under St. Louis city law. It is yeah, illegal. And, yeah, and like Mitch didn't want to like have to power bomb anyone through a table, stuff like that. Yeah, though he personally <laughs> reserves the rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and me. I think I think it's probably me. He'll probably power bomb me through yeah. a table. Like he doesn't want to, but ah, uh, if he really has to, you really twist his <laughs> arm about it. I guess he will. Now let's yeah. be real. If he's not, he's not gonna power bomb anybody. He's gonna hit me with a DDT right through it, an entire table of of city gear, just so I, you know, have that that <laughs> SKC fan really just shoved right out of me. <laughs> and they're gonna hit you, gonna hit you with the reverse German suplex. Yeah. All right, Brock Lesnar is not showing up to the pregame. Okay, yeah. <laughs> May twentieth, we stay stage an exorcism to get the blue demons out of Sean's body. Oh, we already did that at we already did that at the draft. All right, I booed the selection. Okay, the the demons have been exercised. I think Clayton made sure of that. An impromptu scarf burning might be in the future, but no, no never. I will never burn a scarf, no matter what team. I will never burn a scarf that is disrespectful. 
Yeah, you're gonna well, say something after that. It's in the U.S. scarf code. You can't. You can only burn. <laughs> the only true way to kill a scarf is to burn it, and you can only do that when it is profoundly soiled yeah. and out of service. The boy scarfs. <laughs> Scott's are gonna run a little scarf collection box, <laughs> flying my scarf upside down to signal that I'm in distress. That's not a bad idea, actually, for fans of other MLS teams when St. Louis didn't have one to uh, do their mea culpas and turn in a piece of gear from the team they used to follow. Uh, other information. What, like the team's going to open up a scarf buyback? <laughs> now I'm thinking no, more of a when the Beatles the said they were bigger than God situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got uh, some uh, hints towards this that uh, it's been temporary before, uh, but 21st Street will be named Luligan Street. Perhaps permanently by the city. Uh, so we're going to call it that. Luligan Street will be closed on match days like it was for the uh, Leverkusen Friendsley. That's where the... That block right there outside the tap yeah. room. Uh, and that's where the festivities will be held. Uh, Schlafly will be there selling beer and cans outside. But they did state they're going to be unable to provide food for it. Uh, the Luligans are working on aligning food trucks to provide you know, sustenance during the festivities. Something worth noting is that Schlafly is now going to have the supporter session ale available, yes. I think, by <laughs> the first game on the fourth. It's Yeah, the fourth. Or I think the third is when it's hitting the taps. Um, Mitch put together a very fun, uh, bad 80s training video <laughs> about it. <laughs> I'd say I watched it, to- but no, I lasted 15 seconds and then gave up. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> there was a strong uh, Laverne and Shirley opening to that video for anyone old enough to yeah. remember that show. Um, I was I was talking to him about it, and uh, I said it, it had the vibe of like a bad Saturday morning PSA, and he started clapping like a seal and was like, you get it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love you, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. I also love uh, Mitch and the Luligans because, and Schlafly. Because there will be porta potties in the area. Yes, anybody thank the Leverkusen you. friendly try to get inside of the tap room and try to get to the bathroom. Uh, this is a much needed development, I think. I and honestly, the Lord think that the and por- the, the Lord gave <laughs> manna unto the Israelites as they waited. <laughs> <laughs> I think the porta johns got the biggest round of applause at the whole event. <laughs> Yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, we had them all the way up through City Two at any place we went to to watch them. So why not have them at the pregame? Like, it well, just also makes sense for the pregame at the Leverkusen game. Like that line for the bathroom in Schlafly stretched halfway around the bar. So <laughs> it was dire. Yeah. It's partly <laughs> out of the goodness of their hearts. Partly out of the please don't crowd our floor. They can't decide. Yeah. Wait, are you in line for the bathroom or are you in line for a beer? Both, because I've been in line for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, the yeah, I'm just mind, I'm swinging by. <laughs> Plus, to keep in mind, Schlafly's is open for the regular Saturday night business and any groups that they uh, get in mm-hmm. there on Saturdays as well. So it's not just the tailgate. Uh, oh, sorry, the pregame extravaganza going on. <laughs> yeah, the the legally not tailgate. Um, yeah. but also referencing that, um, there was some talk. Uh with the parking situation is going to be week by week because Schlafly still has private events it is still open for regular business. Um, so, but I think that like their, their secondary lot is also going to be available. Um, 
but it depends on how much space they have rented out for that weekend and also if the event that they've rented out is guaranteed parking or not um so uh i know that i think that mitch and then i can't remember the guy's name who was the head of restaurants at Schlafly that also spoke on this said that it's going to be week by week and that the luligans at least will be tweeting it out what the situation is going to be for that another big point of conversation had to involve tifos for uh, home matches um tifos if you're not aware and there look to be some people in the crowd there that weren't fully aware of this they are large banners created by fans to hang up to show support of the supporters i, I think large is underselling it yeah there was a bit of that uh the supporter groups are all active uh, working together and actively seeking assistance with putting them together and donations are also needed as each tifo costs quote thousands of dollars and uh chris i believe you've been involved with the tifo building process is that what it's called uh so far why don't you tell us what you know um being involved is one way of putting it uh, suddenly getting a second job for about two weeks is another way you could put it because <laughs> uh, i've put in since last sunday about 20 hours of work into this thing and there's still a lot more to be done i'm not i can't give too many details but i will say I've seen the design and I love it and it's going to be big, real big. They did say in the presentation, gave us a little idea. It's going to stretch nearly the height of the supporter section and span multiple sections. It's that large. Also, they did say that the, uh, the rigging for TIFOs that had been promised before construction started has not materialized so these are going to be raised by uh, handing it up through the supporters section before the game. Uh, another way everyone can be involved with the TVOs. Um, it hasn't been officially announced yet as of recording, but I will say if you're listening to this, take a look at the Luligans and maybe the Punk's Twitter accounts Wednesday or Thursday-ish. There might be an open call to go help this upcoming weekend to work on it. And if not, if you just messaged either the Luligans or the Punks, they also might be able to direct you. It's a very up in the air, not sure what we need, but we are hopefully this weekend ready for all hands on deck. Everyone come in and get this thing done. Also, Sarah from The Thieves said that uh, DM her. She's not going to broadcast out time and place uh, to everyone, but you can personally mm -hmm. DM her as well uh, on that. Also, they're looking at doing something on Saturday upcoming, which is also in the afternoon, the date of uh, the Fleur de Noise practice session uh, in the park or perhaps in Plaza. But right now they're saying the park um, on Saturday afternoon for everyone to get involved and uh, know the chance on that. So if you're coming down for that event, perhaps it's a good time to get involved with TIFO building as well. Uh, do want to just briefly say that one point that was repeatedly stressed in the presentation is asking everyone to please, quote, don't be a dick, unquote. And uh, also, it was great to be there, see a lot of old friends and quite a few new ones. Uh, met a lot of people. And one we do particularly want to shout out was Tim. Uh, when we got there, as Mason and I, I uh, came up to both of us. Because he simply recognized our voices from listening to this pod and uh, introduced himself. Hi, Tim. Glad you were there. Glad to meet you. And uh, he said it was his first supporters group uh, type event. 
So that's what these things are for, and it's great to build them in the flow. He wasn't the only one that was there as well. Met a guy named Kyle in particular stood out. There was quite a few new people there, and we're always happy to say hi. Uh, we were busy in conversation with a lot of old friends. We didn't meet quite as many as we perhaps would have liked or could have, but uh, that's always a great part of these events is meeting new friends. Yeah, sorry I couldn't make it out. I was feeling a bit sick yesterday and still not feeling great today, but I decided the best th way to heal my sore throat is sit down for a two-and-a-half-hour podcast recording session. <laughs> it it Very cures wise. all. Cures all. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was great to meet you, Tim. It was also a very b bizarre experience to have somebody be like, "Hey, I recognize you from the show," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't do a show." Oh wait, <laughs> oh wait, that's how you know me. You know me by voice, not because I'm just the weirdo that happens to be at these these events sometimes. Okay, yeah, you, usually I'm recognized because I'm a I'm a little nasty little freak. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, also found out there uh, from Malia the uh, AO. Charity donations. They want uh, people to help them out because the St. Louis chapter of the American Outlaws is only, as of yesterday, $300 behind Sarasota for first place nationwide in charitable donations. Uh, please, if you can, go ahead and help out with help our local team win. If you wish to donate, you can go to aoimpact.org and uh, click on the green button that starts off saying pledge. When you do that, type in your information, choose the St. Louis chapter, and uh, help them win. Yeah, they are, go to their website. They can explain it much better than I'm about to. But AO Impact funds soccer programs for typically underprivileged communities around the country. And you don't just get bragging rights for finishing first. The team that finishes first in donations hosts the end-of-the-year AO Winters Ball. St. Louis did this past year, and we're trying to do it Again, we're the only city to host it besides Boston. And if there's anything that we want to do more <laughs> than help raise money for charity, it's beat Boston at sports again. Stick it. Beat <laughs> Boston. Stick it to them. Uh, the only good thing about Boston is the dropkick Murphys. There, I said it. It's the only good thing. Weren't you just, weren't you just in Boston? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then surrounding said, oh, areas, I guess you would know. Surrounding area, okay, it would, it'd be the equivalent of saying, oh, yeah, I'm from St. Louis to anyone ar around the country, but actually living out in, like, Wildwood. All right? Which you that, do. I don't live in Wildwood. Don't give away my cave, <laughs> my cave location. Mason, stop doxing me on the podcast. <laughs> now that we've reached, yeah. reached this point, what high school yeah. did you all graduate from? <laughs> that doesn't mean a thing because I went to a private school. No, that means everything then. <laughs> yeah. It means everything. Doesn't mean anything as far as location. Okay. <laughs> CBC. <clears throat> Oh shut! You, you take my you take that my <laughs> name out your mouth with that call out, you son of a <laughs> Mason! I will end you. That's it. It's on site next time we're in person. It's on site. Get that yeah, bleep so ready. I don't care. So so Sean's and Sean's home address is. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a <laughs> I'm cutting all of this. <laughs> Thank and, God, I figured. And on top of that rant, I did hear from a couple of people about their kids who say, Daddy, can we listen to the podcast again? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> so that's Did you actually? Me... Yes. Yes. 
twice. Yes. Okay, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, now we need we to be family friendly. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I still censor it. <laughs> our market's expanding uh, to soccer fans, my family, coworkers, children. We really do it all. And it, it, in that, uh, in the spirit of being family friendly, let's talk big balls. Uh, while we were there, we went down to Keener Plaza. I was and, uh, looked at the uh, large soccer ball that's there. Took some pictures, and I have to say, Vinny Vidi Kedigit, which is Latin for I came, I saw, I touched. And that's all I got to say on the map. Mike, you can't just say that and, 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 and think it's okay. It's okay. Especially with that Latin phrase. Who else up touching the large balls? No, Mason, that's how we get on a list. <laughs> Mike, oh, I was I would have invoiced you if I had just sprayed Schnook's brand coal all over my monitor because you said that <laughs> I was taking a I big a, little sip. I've long been a master uh, of the spit take. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that, that we've gotten a spit take on during yeah. a recording, but usually it was me. It, it uh, sounds like a really good time now to to move on <laughs> from such talk. <laughs> Let's move on to something that we're far more excited about and. Uh, it's something that's been going on here. We've been inviting many of the St. Louis City supporter groups to come onto our show and talk about themselves and let everyone know what they're all about. And this continues in this episode with another interview. And let's get right to it. And we are pleased today to be speaking with Florida Noise. Welcome, guys. And uh, won't you please introduce our, yourselves to our listeners? Uh, yeah. Hi, I am uh, Zach Zaya. I am uh, one of the co-leaders of Florida Noise. And then I'm Austin Adams. I am also on the, the leadership team at Florida Noise. And then at some point, uh, Sam Wise may also pop in. Sam's another uh, one of our leaders, uh, but he is dealing with a baby. So if he pops in, uh, we'll be happy to have him. Nah. Nah, very understandable. And uh We'll be happy to welcome him if he does pop in. But uh, we want to start you off here, and uh, let's just get some basic information about the group. Guys are a new supporters group, but really you're kind of an old supporters group. Um, how did you decide to go ahead and uh, split off from, uh, so to speak, from the St. Luligans and start up a separate supporters group? Yeah, I think we just wanted to get to something that was a little bit more agnostic um because we knew there were going to be other groups we knew that people like the punks and santos um and and others are, are going to continue to pop up um in the landscape so we wanted to get something that was not just the luligan drum corps as we'd always been known um and and make it a little bit something that maybe could be a rallying point uh regardless of what group you are a member of we don't collect membership dues we don't do any of that we're not a uh, a group in the sense that we need you to renounce other groups we will we'll accept anybody or you know if you're not in an sg we'll take you as well yeah that's uh understandable probably makes it better for just organizing and separation by splitting off and doing your own thing as well uh so how did you come up with the name florida noise austin that's all you oh yeah so uh back uh, like middle of city two season, uh, the group kind of was tossing around some ideas and we would have like weeks where we were submitting a ton of ideas. And then some weeks where the chat would kind of go empty. Um, 
And it was getting to the point later in the season where we were like, we need something by tomorrow, basically, for this for us to make the announcement and kind of get our name out there when we wanted. And so Fleur de Noise actually was sitting on my iPhone notes app and was the last thing I hadn't suggested to the group because I was like, oh, maybe this is too dumb of a name or like, are, are they going to like this? Are they not going to like this? Whatever. And so I just kind of threw it out there since it was the last thing in my notes app. And kind of immediately everyone was like, how did we not think of this? This is such a like clever, clever name, good name. Like it really just works. And so, yeah. Yeah. The, the consensus in the leadership chat was we were angry that it took us that long to get to that simple of a name. (laughs) It was so good and it was so simple. And we had, I mean, we had gone as far as to commission art for other logos. Um, mm. We had we were gonna go with a different name, and we got to the day we were gonna launch it, and all of us went, "This, this doesn't feel right." And so, uh, luckily, Austin had that one in his back pocket. And like you said, when we threw it out there, it was just uh, almost instantly that we knew that was the right one. Yep. So many times, the simple things are so hard to get to, but once you find them, uh, you know that that's the right one. And Florida Noise, of course, with the Florida Lee off of the city flag and show up, make noise, uh, basically. So it works beautifully, to be honest. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, when you're pushed to a deadline as well, the best work comes out and it ends up being the simplest and it just works perfectly. I love to tell myself that when I'm procrastinating. (laughs) Or, you know, just looking at sports in general, deadline day is always such a big deal for a reason, right? It was just your guys' version of deadline day. (laughs) 100%. It was, uh, we, we got out there. We're, we're very happy. We got there and we're really happy with everything that's come out of it. Really just everything got so much easier. Once we figured out that that was the direction we were going, the art fell into place and all the other things. So it was really, uh, serendipitous, but yeah, it did. It took a little bit of consternation to get there for sure. So, uh, we got Zach, Austin, Sam might join us. Uh, any other leaders of, uh, the group or are you basically the the uh, triumvirate that runs the runs the show so to speak uh yeah i actually kind of want to brag on austin for a minute uh because um sam rick and i kind of came up with the idea of this we were essentially the core um that had run the st louisan drumline um and I'll let Austin tell his side of the story, but Austin came to us in one of the first earliest meetings uh, of this. And I don't think was necessarily looking for a leadership role was just standing up. And every time we asked somebody if they wanted to do something, Austin was always among the first people to stand up and be like, Hey, I can take care of that. But more importantly, every time he said he was going to take care of something, he just went out and did it and got stuff done. Um, And so We really started out as a a trio of Sam, Rick, and I. Uh, Sam kind of, we always call Sam PR. Rick is the musical director, and then I tend to take more of the creative director role. Um, But Austin has really stepped up and done, gosh, our website. He's running half of our social media because uh, I can't be trusted with it. That's not true. But anywho, uh, but he, he really has stepped up and, and done an incredible amount of uh, work for the group. So um, leadership is not exclusive. It's just the people who step up and do things. And we do have other leaders. Dan Doak is one of a, a leader. He is our volunteer wrangler. So we have other positions, um, but the four of us kind of fall into what we would call the, the leadership group, I guess. 
Okay, that's very good. That's a nice story. Uh, how many members are there if you have, because I know you're pretty open, any idea how many members there are in the group? Yes, let me open Discord, and I will give you a real close <laughs> answer of how many people we have in the group. Uh, we have 36 offline and about seven of us online. So it's something around 43 total members, um, but that's split up. Not all of them are drummers or even capos. We have some people that um, are in the group as support people, um, just people that come in, help out with certain things, but don't necessarily show up on a weekly basis. So um, anywhere between probably 35 and 43, I would say. Yeah, very good. And it uh, seems like a obvious question, but uh, what do you identify as the core identity of your group? I'm going to make Austin answer this. Well, <laughs> uh, there were three words uh, that got repeated a lot by Zach and Sam. Um, and you, if you remember back to when we announced our, the rebrand, uh, to Florida noise, it was uh, live loud and local. Um, and so obviously that was kind of those three kind of core pillars that we're going for. We really want to be able to, uh, support local businesses with any of our things that we're supplying or we're getting. So shirts are local and all of that type of stuff. Um, we want to make sure we're obviously being live at, at the games and being as loud as possible, helping make that supporter section the toughest environment in North American soccer or just North American sports in general, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are kind of three core pillars to what we're doing. Very good. And, uh, you know, on game day, it's going to be pretty apparent that, you know, the St. Luligans have the history and the organization, the contacts, uh, on that, but you guys, because you're going to make a ruckus, let's say, uh, are really going to be the face of the supporters group. Uh, how do you embrace that sort of uh, idea that a lot of people are going to walk away and uh, and think about you guys after the game day experience? I, I think for me, I honestly hope that they don't see it as, oh, the drummers were great, because the goal of us uh, as Florida noise is to make the whole section better. Um, you know, a, a leader is, is somebody that just leads by example. And that's what we're trying to go out and do. We're not saying that we're leaders of the section or anything like that. I'm sure some troll will jump on that and, and try <laughs> and make us, you know, claim that we're, we're trying to lead the section, but, um, we know how to make noise. We know how to get people going in the same direction. Um, and, so the the idea i think is really that um hopefully everyone leaves and goes oh man we sounded great not oh man they sounded great because i want everyone to feel like they're participating even if they're not banging a drum uh, i want everybody to feel like they know that the songs and they can participate and, and then they feel like they have ownership over the north end or whatever the north end ends up being called um that that is theirs and they take ownership of that and that we sound great not that some florida noise sounded great you all just want to get us to go out there and make a ruckus alongside you not like like someone on twitter might say you're trying to instigate a coup <laughs> yeah i mean we want to and you know so, so a lot of the things we do we're trying to we do constantly garner feedback you know constant uh, contrary to uh some social media uh <laughs> channels we we 
constantly ask for feedback and and people send us stuff all the time a lot of stuff times they send us stuff we've already written because the zeitgeist kind of dictates that like we haven't written that many songs the songs just kind of exist and we all kind of collectively find them like the name the there are some good songs and there are some songs that somebody has suggested and they're awful like there are really bad <laughs> chance suggestions but it's because it's like uh a slow ballad that not a lot of people would be super familiar with the core soccer crowd is not going to be familiar with this obscure 1960s uh you know instrumentalist or something it's just not <laughs> it's not going to work out um well there goes my going, idea for a rush chant yeah you know <laughs> tom sawyer just doesn't work out one none of us are neil pert and two uh it's just yeah it's, if you get enough drummers you can recreate pert but you know <laughs> the problem is is that it's actually harder the more drummers you get to create Neil mm-hmm. Pert because trying to get them all to play the same thing at the same time is very difficult. Sure. <laughs> and that's the other thing. None of us outside of Rick and maybe Paul are professional drummers. Um, we have two legit actual percussionists that I know of. And the rest of us are people who play other instruments or, you know, have drummed in the past, but are not, you know, trained drummers. So, um, Honestly, I'm very proud of the group that we have and what we've been able to accomplish just with the amount of, you know, I would say natural raw talent that we've had <laughs> through the past. I mean, yeah, I and uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just to add on to that, I mean, the city two season. I mean, we use that as a testing bed for a lot of new stuff. Um, I mean, if you guys were at a lot of the games, you would have realized like we cycled in some brand new chance and they maybe didn't work after a couple of games. And so we like took them out, tried to retool them, brought them back. And then they actually ended up, di- ended up working. Like uh, we had meet me in St. Louis from the St. Louis FC days, tweaked some lyrics, brought it back, sort of worked, tweaked it again and got it to like the tempo that we, everyone liked and kind of got into a point where the crowd was bought into it. So we did that with a lot of different chants that based on feedback and kind of, just testing it in that live environment with the fans that were at those city two games and really seeing what caught on, what worked, what type of stuff didn't work. So we kind of knew going forward what to, what to do and kind of what to bring in. And, uh, you know, you guys are pretty specific and have a specific purpose with your group. Uh, and you got a lot of group members so far. Are you still looking to bring in people or are you busy practicing with what you have or are there any, uh, talents, instruments, things like that, that you uh, have thoughts about bringing into uh, the game day experience? Um, Yeah, we have, we're always looking for talent because the reality of life is that not everybody can come to every game. Um, Some of our drummers aren't full season ticket members. You know, they got in late. Um, So there are lots of different reasons people can't make it to a game. Um, So having a group, like ours we need to have a bunch of people because we can't all make it to everything um that being said we are very heavily looking for horn players if uh if you're a horn player please reach out to us we've got a couple hi hello yes my my name is sean and i do in fact (laughs) have trumpet experience and would like to inquire beautiful (laughs) well uh uh, send in send in one of those uh, uh, applications, and I'll send you the stuff through all the official channels. But <laughs> Sean's we, gonna have to do a sponsor me tape. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we are we really are looking for um we don't want to be austin supporter section because we want to be our own thing but austin supporter section does a lot of things right um and we've been told that a lot by clayton um but (laughs) i'm I'm sure he's made that very well known (laughs) i've talked to him before too (laughs) (laughs) nothing but love that's Uh, right that's right but the the idea is they do i mean they do horns very very well and st louis has a ton of musicians we just need to connect with them and find horn players that aren't also gigging at seven o'clock on saturday night which is really the biggest problem with horn players is that most of them who play beyond high school and college are gigging musicians so and you mentioned the form to fill out where where would somebody that is interested and available and would fit where can they find that form to uh send it in to you you can go to fleurdenoise.com that is our website uh and then on there uh depending if you're on your computer or on your mobile browser you'll see a join in button to click and then it'll take you to a quick little form to fill out and uh zach or sam or someone will reach out to you and uh, we'll marking that page now <laughs> and we will uh put the link to the website in the show notes for you so anybody that's interested please Please inquire. The more, the merrier, we always say. Uh, you know, be, you got an obvious reason and plans for game days, but uh, before that or pre-match, uh, any specific groups that you could tell us about that you're planning to do um, on game days? Um, I think we are... Um I think our plan right now is just to hang with the St. Louisans. Uh, they have their street party. So I think that's going to be our um, initial uh, tailgate spot or not tailgate street party. <laughs> yeah, I legally guess not tailgate. <laughs> yeah, legally not tailgate party. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to hang with them. Uh, but I think, again, the the nature of our group, we will probably split off to wherever the particular members want to be so i know um clayton and chris zimmerman is not as active as he uh once was with us but um i think those members maybe can take up a spot if we end up doing kind of merging marches um because there are going to be so many different tailgate spots eventually hopefully our members will be able to kind of lead those things back to us and then we can kind of do that larger unified march if that's a thing that the supporters groups want to end up doing so i think that's really going to be our big pre-game uh hype thing is that we're just going to break off and and basically bring the groups back together for the larger march i would assume though i have not confirmed that with anyone (laughs) Uh, but that's in my mind that's how it's going to work it's an expansion season for all of us (laughs) that'd be a very exciting thing to see for sure I mean, just just picture it, you know, I, I'm picturing eventually we get a regional sports coverage back so we can have like, you know, an aerial view of of above the stadium before the game. And you just see like five or six or ten small crowds and all of a sudden right there at the tap room on Luligan Street, they merge together and then you just see one giant mob attack the stadium and, and, and you can hear them from the, you know, over the camera feed. Oh, I'm already getting chills about it. That sounds yeah, like a that, great idea for the uh, club to pick up with a drone. Maybe somebody in content will be hearing this. <laughs> pick up on that. I have no doubt that they have that plan already. We haven't told them where we're marching, but I'm sure they have a plan in their head of how we're going to hope to do it. So, um, but yeah, it is. I I have no doubt that we will 
get that on the first one. The problem is, is that we won't have a ton of groups on that first March, I don't think. But I think maybe in two or three years, maybe there'll be a group mm-hmm. coming from Maggie's. There'll be a group coming from Beffa's. There'll be a group coming from Schlafly. Maybe there'll be a group coming from a bar the other direction down the street. Heck, maybe the Amsterdam, because I think there's going to be an Amsterdam down there. So, you know, maybe all of those places we do kind of meet at that central part you know ring around the stadium and then go in i have no idea but it'll be fun regardless you kind of mentioned it earlier but uh what's been your experience so far working with the club to get everything set up uh, ahead of this this first season uh and uh working with the club for what you guys want to do awesome i'll let you take that yeah so (laughs) i think it's been pretty collaborative among a lot of the groups i think I mean, I came into these meetings a little bit later than some. So I know there were some meetings with uh, different fan councils or the different supporter groups kind of leadership going back for a little while. But I think getting up to game day, uh, they've been working on kind of working with us to make sure the drum platform is in the correct spot. It's been the concrete's been frozen. So there's been a little bit of a delay on getting that out of where it was for that buyer game and getting it into its correct position. But Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, it uh, thaws out and we're able to get that. But I think there's definitely some folks at the team that really want to see the supporter section succeed. Obviously, I mean, we work with, uh, uh, you guys are familiar with Caleb, if you're a supporter section season ticket holder, or uh, there's Alex uh, at the club who's in operations who uh, came from Sporting KC or came from uh, DC United who kind of understands how the supporter sections work and kind of they want to see St. Louis be the best version of that compared to the other places that some of these folks have come from. So I think largely it's been a pretty positive uh, kind of working relationship of we're throwing stuff out at the team. Some of the stuff they say, yes, some of the stuff they say no, but I think it's largely been positive in getting to where we want it to be in in time for the first game. And uh, you know, this is something dear to our hearts uh, as well. What's your personal feelings about how great it is to be here on day one, to actually have been there last year for the City 2 games as we went to many of those? It's kind of a special deal to start off a club in supporting and and doing it in this fashion, isn't it? Yeah, I think for many of us – Austin included coming from the St. Louis FC era um, and many of us, even before that in the, in the lions and athletica uh, or uh, AC St. Louis and athletica um, just seeing the varying iterations of what soccer has been across the city and how little attention it's gotten um, for a good chunk of its history outside of you know the the big historic things that we all think of um it's neat to see the city embrace soccer the way we always hoped that they would um for teams that i think deserved it as much as this one does uh but it's neat to be there and see what 12 years of work will build or heck 13 and 14, I think, for some people now, um, of, of building a, a soccer culture, um, at least our version of our soccer culture. It's been really neat to see, and I think it'll be very surreal 
standing there at the first game, hopefully at the first win in the new stadium. Um, that'll be something for a lot of us that have put a lot of time and a lot of effort into building this thing. Uh, kind of jumping off of that, um, I know you've got like a rough estimate of how many members. How many do you think you've got going back to like St. Louis FC or AC St. Louis? How many have been here for the long haul? And how many do you think are coming in now with the big MLS surge? So um, I think of the current drum corps, I am the longest standing member. I was not, not around for the AC days. I was in St. Louis. I just didn't know we had a team. Um, but I started with the Lions in, I don't even remember. I just know they were playing in St. Peter's, and I think we watched two seasons of the Lions out there. Um, so I think that was, I'm maybe the longest standing current member. Sam came in next. Sam brought Rick. Um, Dan joined. Dan Doak. Um, so we've been steadily growing. Jim uh, the uh, Jim and Laura Bellinger. Um a lot of people started coming in. So we actually do have a really good core. Chris Dollemeyer, um was a, a guy that started coming into late FC days. So a lot of people and Austin, when did you start coming in? Were you, I was there for the very, I guess technically would have been like the second St. Louis FC game ever, but cool. I didn't really wasn't involved with anything. I was just in section eight with everyone. Yeah. So, and that's honestly how a lot of the people, you know, usually it's one or two years of watching from the sidelines and going, oh, that looks neat, but I'm, that seems like a lot. <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> the itch gets to you and you kind of build your way up into it. I would say we've gained 20 or 25 people since, you know, city two to now. Um, and that's just the more eyes we get. And I think, you know, had St. Louis of FC gotten that kind of attention, we probably would have had that many people eventually. It just that was never, we never advertised the way the, <laughs> to get that many people. And we couldn't have gotten that many people in the stadium anyway. So it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But. yeah. Plus, the general public's so tied into major leagues, no matter what it is, that's when you start getting the crowds to come in. Um, this good stuff, guys. Really want to thank you for your time. And sharing this with us, the big question, and I know there's one that's marked on my calendar, if I can make it, any big upcoming plans in the immediate future that you want to share with us? Yes, absolutely. We are doing um, the a supporter chant jam, um, which is a fun way of saying we want to get everybody together and do some chants before we get in the stadium um, to get everybody on the same page. Uh, no, we're not trying to indoctrinate you. We just want you to know what they sound like <laughs> in a uh, an environment where you can hear them and you can understand and you can get feedback of, oh, no, that's not the word. Here's the word. Here's the rhythm. Um, so we just want to get people to come out. Um, that's September. Or, God, I want to see, keep saying September 18th. It's not it's February <laughs> 18th. That is Mardi Gras um, Saturday. So we are doing this uh, right outside the stadium. We're doing kind of spinning it as a family-friendly Mardi Gras event. It's still a party. We're still going to hang out, have fun, play music, do all of the original Mardi Gras things of, you know, get out and dance and make a lot of noise. Um, but we're just going to do it up by the stadium. It's a really great chance to come out and meet new people, um, learn the chants, just hang out. 
Uh, Schlafly is literally a block away. So if you need some refreshment, you can go to Schlafly or to Maggio's or wherever you want to go. Um, but hang out, come up after the uh, parade. Uh, we are starting at 2.30. We're going to go up to 4.30. We might not go that whole time. Really just kind of depends on how many people we get and uh, the crowd. But we would love for you to come out, make a bunch of noise, wear your city gear, um, and just come out and have fun with us. And that's not really just for the supporter section either. Fans all no. over the stadium could and very well should be chanting along. Oh, I would absolutely. Yes. Would love for you to bring, even if you're not uh, in the supporter section, maybe especially if you're not in the mm-hmm. supporter section, would love for you to come bring the family, come down, hang out and learn the chance. Because just because you're in section 200 on the other side of the stadium doesn't mean that you can't be chanting along with us. You're going to do it about a half second to a second behind us, but that's okay. <laughs> Chant when the sound gets to you. Um it's going to be a lot of fun. And it really does make soccer feel like you're actually affecting the game. And when we can get 20,000 people all singing the same thing, that's going to be a powerful thing uh, on a scale that a lot of us have not really ever dealt with uh, outside of maybe like big scale church events, if that's a thing you do. And in a stadium specifically made to keep the noise inside, the better and more more coherent the noise is the more intimidating it could actually be to the players on the pitch or at least lift up the players on for our side on the pitch 100 percent. nothing makes your legs feel lighter than a whole uh, host of twenty thousand st louis st louisians uh chanting your name <laughs> <laughs> so uh We've covered this a little bit, but uh, what's the best people that want to reach out to you, just get in touch or just say hi? Uh, you know, how can they reach you online? Where are you at on social media? And uh, go ahead and repeat the website in case somebody missed it the first time around. Yeah. So uh, on pretty much all social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we are at Fleur de Noise. Uh, feel free to send us direct messages on there. Someone will respond. Or you can go to our website, FleurDenoise.com. And again, there is that join in link uh, if you are interested in becoming a member and wanting to drum or play a horned instrument, that'd be super cool. Otherwise, if you have any questions, there's also a about us page on there that has a email link to that goes to our the Fleur de Noise email uh, if you have any questions or comments. So yeah, FleurDenoise.com. Very good. Um Spending uh, the city two seasons sitting right behind uh, the drummers, uh, it really is a huge, huge part of what makes attending a soccer match so important is what you guys do. And uh, we thank you very much for coming on and sharing this with us. Anything you want to add before I let you guys get on with your lives? Just come out, hang out with us on uh, Mardi Gras Saturday, um, Market Street and 20th. Uh, February 18th, 2.30 to 4.30. We'd love to have you. Uh, like we said earlier, you don't have to be in the supporter section. Wherever you are in the stadium, come hang out. We'd love to have you. Yep, and hoping to make it myself. And if I do, I'll be very happy to see you guys again. Thanks so much, guys, for spending the time. Really appreciate it. Thank yep, you for having thank you. us. Really want to thank uh, Zach and Austin and Florida Noise for joining us to tell us about really fascinating stuff and good stuff there. Uh, if you're really interested in finding out more from them or getting involved, uh, 
All the links will be in the show notes for you if you didn't pick them up from the interview. Uh, one thing we do want to talk about is there's been some uh, reporting about changes at the last minute before the season starts regarding MLS. And MLS is looking at changing the playoff format. That's uh, right. Reports have the league introducing a best of three format for the first round and then having single eliminations after that for the conference semifinals all the way through to the MLS Cup final. Uh, that means each conference would have nine teams make the playoffs. Yes, I did the math for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's 18 out of 29 teams will make the playoffs in MLS at 62% of the league. Also striking that they would make such a drastic change just two weeks before the first game of the season. But those of us that followed MLS for more than a decade know that's kind of the way this works. Mm. Uh, I mean, they, they killed the allocation order like a, like a month before the season started. <laughs> yeah. And uh, why would MLS do this? Well, there's some reasons, and some of them kind of make sense. Uh, the one is to provide more content for the MLS-Apple partnership for the MLS season pass. Uh, it's a way to increase match day revenue for clubs. That's very important in MLS. Uh, it gives extended time for casual viewers to be able to catch up on the MLS playoffs. And you know, uh, watching the playoffs is so damn important to North American sports fans. I, without getting too much into it, how many casual fans are they going to have, though, since they've completely butchered this rollout to have the season pass at bars and stuff? <laughs> well, that's yet to be seen, isn't it? Uh, but why why, why focus on the details when you can look ahead, right? Uh, another thing that they said was to keep more teams in contention for playoff places later in the season. Uh, why would they not do this? Well, got some points here. 62% of the league? Why the hell even play a regular season? And uh, expanded playoffs on top of the League's Cup in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah. Um, With another a three-game first round on top of that. Yeah. One of the big challenges MLS has had in its growth is the league needs to incentivize on-field successes for the clubs in the league. Not throw yet another lifeline to unambitious owners that huh, keep keep on ineffective front offices, so they don't get any better. Uh, the last couple of seasons also alone have shown an incredible race for playoff spots when there's only seven, with only truly awful teams being out of contention the last three or four weeks of the season. Many of them coming down to the last minutes of the season on uh, decision day. Uh, one thing to note is, though, that many of the clubs that are out of the running early seem to come from some of the largest markets in MLS. Maybe that's where the lifeline comes from. Um, yeah, make sure that you get those large markets uh, out there is more important than uh, just getting overall uh, uh, belief in the league. It seems as though what they're really trying to do here is just expand the number of games they have in playoffs because playoff games bring in more revenue. They, bring, they give you extra tickets to sell to put more butts in seats, and it gives you all kinds of other stuff. Why go to nine, first of all? That's a big issue for me. Second off, um, you could easily go to eight and just do... You know, everyone plays in the first round and then add it, you know, add the other round. But most importantly, if you really wanted to add extra games, instead of adding the arbitrary three game first round, go back to 
a home and away. Go back to aggregate at all levels except the final. Every other tournament does this in their knockouts where they do aggregate. Like you look at UEFA Champions League, it's aggregate, home and away. CONCACAF Champions League, home and away, all the way up to the final. That's an easy way to expand it is just go to aggregate again. It makes so much more sense to do that than to do this random stuff unless they're trying to, you know, work out something and see if it works and then implement it when it comes time for World Cup in a couple of years. It, it just is it's not a good idea in any way, shape or form. Now, one thing is the the single elim- elimination playoff format's been fantastic to watch, but there was very few games out there, and you know it's were hard to find. Um, so that I could see, I could see, but uh, for us hardcore viewers of the league, the single elimination was fantastic. The home and away. But if, you, if you if you did aggregate, then you would only have a guaranteed two games. There would be no chance of a game three. That's fewer games. Right, but if you only play three games, then there's no guarantee of a game four. At that point, just play a second regular season and go Liga MX style. Yeah. Play a Clausura and an Apertura and, and, and do that. Like, have two Look, playoffs I, I, I think per that, season. I, I think it's stupid. I'm just trying to give you what the league is thinking. <laughs> oh, no, I understand. I'm just trying to completely undercut that before and nip it in the bud before it actually becomes a real discussion. Other uh, uh, proposal that came out in October was they were looking at doing like groups, like World Cup style, and then going to similar, you know, knockout rounds all the way through. I prefer that over this. Uh, and why not do home and home if you got best of three? There's got to be a lot of teams out there that are eliminated after two matches. Why play a third if you do? Uh, one thing this was supposed to do is give you a playoff match almost every day like some of the other leagues. Um, but if it's best of three and you're going to have gaps in there, I guess that applies with all the other sports as well. Soccer is just such a different sport though, that you can't do an odd number of games. It just doesn't work unless the odd number is one. You either do one or two in the matchup. That's just how it works because we have ties in the other sports. There's some way to do it. Unless you're doing penalty kicks at the end of the games in every game, why do it? Yeah, that is the question about the three-game three, three game thing, is that if it goes to extra time, or if it's still tied at the end of normal time, or do you go to extra time, or do what they did in MLS Next Pro and Leagues Cup, which is you go straight to the penalty kicks, which no one wants. But also, if you're a team whose all three of their games goes to extra time in the first round, it, good luck in the next round, because your entire team's going to be on oxygen by that point. I will say, I think the expanded playoff size might be them signaling that the league's going to expand even further. It seems like that's pretty well set in stone. Don Garber said he wants 32 teams, nine yeah. teams per side. You know, that's roughly NHL numbers. It's still over half the league making it, but it's not quite as outsized as it is right now. But I just, the three game first round is, that's just the biggest question for me. For me, it's the nine teams. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, true. No, I've been if nine here. teams, why make nine? Like you just, you just that that dead set on the... giving someone a buy. That no, I've been to, sitting to... here trying to like mentally figure out how that's going to work. Getting nine down to an even number after the first round, given buys, and um, doesn't yeah. really <laughs> that's, work. That's this is not an announcement, folks. So don't yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is just reports on this of what they've been heard and being discussed amongst the league office. Is there an article um, besides the athletic article out about this? That's the main one. 
Okay, uh, yeah. it, they also was well discussed on Allocation Disorder podcast, which is under the athletic uh, podcast or soccer show feed. That's in front of the paywall, not behind. Got it. Like the athletic is. Because so I that's am someplace somebody can go. Cheap. So I didn't want to read the athletic article. Um. Yeah. <laughs> just. Just make it 16. Just screw it. Make it 16. Yeah. 16 yeah. teams for conference. Everyone makes the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Like, but one thing they need to do is add excitement to those mid-season drafts. At least they're putting League Cup in there, but that doesn't save the fact that, you know, in June and August, even yeah. May, the games, what do they mean? And you're just adding less incentive to that. Some other drawbacks are the fact that, uh, you know, adding more teams to the playoff contention means that bad teams aren't going to be looking at their youth development, looking at bringing in game time for younger players with MLS really putting a focus on developing and selling players on. How does this work within that grand scheme that's worked very, very well for the league? I just don't understand. It's it's more PR and not paying attention to the game on the field. And that's something that MLS has done very poorly and still does. If you incentivize this, take away the bad teams, give them a reason to get better, you could still keep allocation money. You could still keep the salary cap and make the league more compelling. I think it's what gets me about it is that with this new Apple deal, You've you've killed one of the big benefits of expanded playoffs, which is more playoff games to sell to broadcasters because there are no broadcasters. It's just Apple. Um, you get more more people coming to the playoff matches at the stadiums, I suppose, maybe. But like I like are, are they going to like what, like run like a discounted deal to try to get casuals to subscribe for the just the playoffs or something? It it. It's you're not even getting that angle of it anymore. It seems so. like they're shooting themselves in the foot more than anything with it. No, mm-hmm. oh, MLS yes. <laughs> never. You know when we were, when Mason brought up the Apple TV deal earlier, I thought to myself, man, us joining the league right as the league just repeatedly blunderbusses itself in the foot is the most St. Louis soccer thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that is one that we'll take on love this. It. Is City has a much better chance of making the playoffs in their mm-hmm. first season <laughs> for what that's worth. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, uh, it, even uh, if you wanted to do this, have a single elimination playoff game to add more two two more spots, and teams would have to get better to get more revenue. But there is the fact that in MLS there is some repercussions. Front office people, coaches can lose their job because the team didn't make the playoffs in certain years that does happen not as often as it should but it does happen now they're taking away even that incentive for clubs to get better ah they're just uh you need to make the on-field product more compelling mls not less you're going the wrong direction with this if it comes true yeah and i mean the best of three series format guarantees that everyone who makes the playoffs has a home playoff game which Again, I think might decrease incentives. Now that is going to mean more revenue for the league if everyone has a home playoff game. They could have gone to home and home. I guess that wasn't yeah. enough games. Maybe there's a mandate from Apple. They want more games in the playoffs. 
No, because so they went home and home, say, in the first and second round. They went to single elimination. Then uh, teams at the lower end and kept it at seven teams or even go to, I guess, eight because that makes it easier because a first round bye for success in the regular season hasn't really paid off too much in the playoffs, to be quite honest, because they're taking a break when other teams play in. Um, and that's something that need to be looked at. But also, after this past week, I just don't like this at all. <laughs> Also, after this past week of making this TIFO for the opening game, realizing that we're probably going to have a home playoff game and have to make a TIFO for that is wonderful. Just great. <laughs> Just great. Two thumbs up. No notes. No notes. Yeah. This is one game. And no Chris. sleep. There's 17 home games. <laughs> They're of course, insane if not they try to do a TIFO does. for every home game. Yeah. Clubs don't usually have TIFOs for every game. Um. Any other thoughts on this uh, truly awful idea? <laughs> Sucks. Stupid. Bad. <laughs> Which means garbage. Can it do it? <laughs> yeah. Use the bully pulpit. All the uh, trusted voices out there raise their... And, and even the loud mouse like us and know nothing are raising their voices up against this plan. Maybe it has some effect. <laughs> Try it in Next Pro and see if it works. <laughs> there you go. Try it in Next Pro. See if it works. Isn't that Yeah, because I went Pro's over like for? a lead balloon with the penalty kicks. <laughs> I think it uh, works for Next Pro, but that's a whole different story. Mm. We already uh, talked about kicks that one. thing is actually being mooted for FIFA. So keep that in mind. Yeah, anyway. FIFA who's never done anything wrong. Mm. <laughs> whole different discussion for a whole different podcast, bud. Yeah, oh, let's not go there. I, as a matter of fact, I think this one's gone on long enough. Why don't we wrap it up, guys? What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I think we've I think we've beaten this yeah. dead horse to death. Do have one final request for everyone. Um, if you enjoy the show, why don't you go ahead and uh, please uh, rate and review, even if the review is just a couple of words, like uh, a nice saying, like uh, it's better than listening to nothing. It helps out the show and could get us to more voices like yeah, the world needs that anyway. It, but, is it uh, better than listening to nothing? As a yes. former fan of the show, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> fan turned co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know I'm your host Mike Turner I'm your producer Mason I'm your resident cave dwelling hooligan Sean uh, my name's Chris and I still haven't been able to get Apple TV to work on my fire stick shout out to Apple are you listening is this thing on anyway we are the soccer capital podcast hey thank you all for listening bye for now <laughs>